This is PhotoBizX, episode number 534, and today I am super happy to say we have another very successful photographer lined up for today's episode. I'm talking about Mary Beth Wood. She is a boudoir photographer based in the US. She made the transition from wedding photography has an incredibly high average sale and she shares exactly how she's able to achieve what she is in today's episode. I'm guessing you will be as blown away as I am by the fact that her boudoir clients are taking home large pieces of wool art, not albums. I was shocked. I was surprised. She shares exactly how she's doing that in the episode. It's coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here, host of the Photo Biz X podcast, where I interview guests from around the world to help you build a better photography business even faster than going it alone. And I do say this regularly, but no matter if you are a boudoir photographer or not, there will be a ton of takeaways from what Mary Beth has to share in today's interview. So whether or not you photograph weddings, newborns, families, even commercial work, the way that Mary Beth approaches her clients, builds the rapport that she does, sets the expectations that they're going to want to be taking home large pieces of wall art, I think will surprise you and give you so many ideas to grow your own business and increase your sales. So stick around for that. It's coming up in just a minute. Before we do get into that interview with Mary Beth Wood, if you didn't catch last week's episode with Marae Sassine, get back and have a listen to that one. That was one of those interviews that I'm going to be referring back to consistently and constantly if anyone's looking to improve their sales. Marae If you haven't heard that one, shared exactly why you must, you must have a payment plan option in your photography business if you want to have fantastic sales. And when I say fantastic sales, I mean large sales because she's averaging way more than most photographers that I know of. And she shares again exactly how she's doing that in last week's episode. So that was the one with Marae Sassine, who's based in Australia Definitely worth a listen, especially if you have a tiny or small studio because she demonstrates exactly what's possible even with a small space, a micro studio, she called it. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. Alrighty, we are going to jump into this interview with Mary Beth. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. Now, what that means is you won't hear the full interview today with Mary Beth. I am saving a large portion of the second half for premium members only. The good news, you can access the full interview with Mary Beth for as little as $1 with a 30-day trial membership. You can sign up for that over at photobizx.com forward slash try. You sign up for that $1 30-day trial, you'll get full access to the interview today with MB. You can access the full back catalogue. You can hear the full interview with Marae Sassine last week, and you will understand that that is where the gold is hidden in these interviews. It's always in the second half. That's why I'm saving it for premium members. So go and check it out for as little as $1 at photobizx.com forward slash try. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. 
I first heard about today's guest in a roundabout way. I was contacted by Melissa Rich of Virtually Done Systems, who offers done-for-you CRM setups for overwhelmed business owners. And we were chatting about a possible interview, and I asked about photographer clients that she's actually helped. And Melissa mentioned Mary Beth, who photographs bad-ass woman or bad-ass woman, modern couples and crazy families. And yes, that's exactly what she says in her marketing, and I love it. Mary Beth is a boudoir photographer. She's based in Connecticut, and she's been in business for 17 years. She had never written any of her workflow down and was doing everything manually, and she now has her workflow 90% fully automated and will be able to actually enjoy her maternity leave, which is fast approaching. I took more of a look around, and I loved what I was seeing, from fantastic photography to what looks like a great website and plenty of active marketing campaigns. I immediately reached out and contacted Mary Beth, and I'm wrapped to say that she's with us now. Mary Beth, welcome. Hi, thanks so much for having me. So is that right? You're about to give birth? I am. Everything above uh, is correct. (laughs) I am due in the middle of November, so I have eight more weeks to go. Very excited. Second one. (laughs) And so have you planned like your business around the birth of the next child? Have you sort of scheduled your shoots? Are you going to schedule a certain amount of time off? How's that all going to play out for you? Yeah. So it worked out that the time that I'll be taking off, I normally take off each year, but it will be extended this time. I have a few more shoots to get under my belt and then there is a cutoff date. And from that point on, it will just be time to focus on me and this baby. Nice one. And you've been through this once before because you have another child. Yeah. So does it worry you that you're going to have this time off? Do you feel like, okay, it's all going to be there ready when I get back? Like, how do you approach this? I can tell you, I feel a thousand percent more secure going into this maternity leave than I did with my little one, who's only three years old. So it wasn't that long ago that I did this. And very much sort of, you know, people always say you're never ready. And it's true, you're not ready, but you can prepare yourself in different ways. And, you know, this discussion about CRM goes so much into having that feeling of preparation, knowing that when I want to pick back up, it's all ready for me to go. And that was a huge motivation for me to finally, after 17 years, (laughs) um, invest in a CRM and take this off my shoulders and be able to know that a lot of stuff is going to be taken care of, not only while I'm away, but really simple to pick back up once I come back. Nice. So what's your three-year-old's name? Liam. Liam. So when Liam was born, did you have a plan to come back and start shooting after, you know, once he reached a certain age, or did you just sort of just play it by ear and see how it worked out? We had a plan and he changed that and COVID changed that. You know, daycare wasn't available when we thought it would be. He was a super fussy baby that needed a lot more attention than we anticipated. So I was off for a lot longer than I thought. So this one, we're going to give ourselves all that time and then some. (laughs) Um, Hoping for the best and just expecting the unexpected is what we've learned as parents. (laughs) Sure. And so with the money side of things, like when Liam was born, did you say, okay, after eight weeks or 12 weeks, I want to be back shooting because we need this income or wasn't that even a factor? It was 100%. Part of the fall of that, that landed a little softer was in Connecticut. They established some unemployment for COVID small businesses. Now, small businesses have never been able to acquire any sort of unemployment, but with this new system, that was something that they gave out. So that made it a little bit easier, but the pressure to get back was there because it wasn't even close to what I was making prior. 
but that was a nice cushion. Okay. And then when I said in the intro that you were doing everything manually, you know, was I being literal when I said that? Like, was it paper and pen? I mean, yes. If you asked my husband, he would tell me when he met me, I had 17 notebooks with 30 wonderful pens strewn across the house and in different places. And then I'd be so confused as to how I couldn't find what this client told me they wanted to buy that one day. Um, You know, and so I have that artist brain and I very much knew that that wasn't enough to be successful in business. Me, my husband was wonderful because he's very logic, very numbers. So he started throwing things out like, you know, cost of goods and profit margins and all these big words and phrases I hadn't considered before. So it was a, it's sort of between him the maternity and just also getting in the last five years have been the most successful by far in my business leaps and bounds. I couldn't keep up with it anymore on my own. And it's so important to me that my clients feel like they have a boutique experience with me. I might sit down and we can have a conversation and throw the F-bomb out or whatever it might be. That's my client telling me, but they're still deserve the absolute best experience. And part of that is me being on top of every single one of their needs from their need to be seen in a photograph to their need to have, you know, a metal and not a shiny metal because that's going to reflect in the window that they chose. So that all sort of came together for me to decide to really take control over the back end of things. So good. Okay, so tell me a little bit about your business because I said in the intro and I saw on your website too, you photograph women. It looks like boudoir is the main thing, but I'm not certain that's the case because you also photograph couples and families. And I think I even saw some weddings on there. Yeah. So it almost feels like a prior life, but for about the first 12 years, I did almost all weddings. And like anyone else in this industry who's done them for more than a few years, you get burnt out and sort of realize how much time it's taken away from your own life. And so I switched to I would say about 90% boudoir in 2017. And I also still shoot families and I also photograph couples when it comes to boudoir. So those are probably my main three things with couples and women being about 90% and 10% for families. And it's the families that I love to work with and have known forever and all of that. I'm not out there trying to advertise that as much, but I'm happy to work with the ones that I know. Okay. So really it's a boudoir photography business. Yeah. Okay. So how did you find your way into that genre? Like, did you go there purposefully? I very much did. So it started with a bride asking me to do boudoir shoot before her wedding as a gift for her husband, as so many brides do. And I said to her, I will gladly do it at no cost to you because I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Um, And if you want to hope for the best with me, we can do that together. And, you know, it turned into something that was so natural. So my soul just felt like, ah, we found it. This is what, you know, you're meant to be doing. And so from that point on, I really shifted my energy, my marketing, my education into boudoir, slowly let those weddings drop off, which is scary because that was the main income. But now my average for boudoir is probably twice as much as it was per wedding, Um, which is, yeah. So it really has come full circle for me. Twice as much profit or twice as much? Wow. Okay. So it's way better. Yeah. And I only shoot during the week. So I've got my weekends for my family. 
I only shoot during the day. Actually, I only shoot on Mondays and Fridays during the day. So I have uh, all my Saturdays and Sundays for myself. So you only shoot Monday and Friday? Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So tell me about them. What are clients spending? What's the revenue like? So my average sale right now is $7,100. Wow. Yeah, no, I know. Coming out of my mouth, it feels very shocking (laughs) because if I could have gotten a $3,500 wedding, that would have made my life and then I would have worked 7,000 hours for it. Um, The simplicity of what it's become has been amazing. I have the client come in in the morning, they do their hair and makeup, we do their shoot, they go have lunch. When they come back, they see all their photos, we pick them. And we're done. So it's a one day process, 10 to four with such a fantastic average that I, again, it still shocks me. And it started happening last, like the numbers just kept going up and I kept thinking it was a fluke. And I kept being like, oh, this is this great campaign. I can't believe this campaign's working so well. When is it going to stop? When is it going to drop? When are we going to go back to working so hard for not enough money, um, but it has continued. So Amazing. So when you said like it's gone up and up and up and up, was someone in the background pushing? Was it your husband? Did you have a coach? Was someone pushing you to increase your prices? So the very first turn from digital, like giving people digitals to go to in-person sales, I started working with Steve Saparito and he really changed my mindset which was really hard to change. He could probably (laughs) tell you I was one of the most difficult students he's had. You know, before I met him, I was shooting $99 mini sessions that I couldn't even fill. And I was taking families. I was doing boudoir. I was doing anything that anyone would pay me for, literally, and failing. And when I shifted into understanding what I love about in-person sales it's nothing to do with the sales side. It's actually going back to the root of why I love photography, which is having something monumental and large for us to see every single day and be reminded of what is most important in this world. And especially in times like these, when that can be lost or forgotten, these tangible pieces of art are a continuous reminder of what we need to be reminded of daily. You know, as I sit here, I have a 24 by 36 acrylic of my son. So I'm working and I look up and there's that reminder of why I'm working so hard. And so to provide that for my clients, for them to see the best version of themselves every day, and you can't argue with it, right? You can't argue. There you are, the the best version of you up there for you to review and see and reflect on every day good days, bad days, everything in between. What could be more valuable than that? (laughs) True, true. (laughs) I'm getting the impression then that some or all of your boudoir clients are purchasing, you know, a 24 by 36 print of themselves or acrylic of themselves to go on the wall. Is that the case? That's the smallest anyone would ever get. Most of my clients are getting much, much, much bigger pieces. I thought (laughs) <laughs> silly me i thought <laughs> boudoir clients were taking home like you know albums to sit by the bedside or to go locked away i didn't know boudoir clients are buying wall art right so that's a pretty common misconception that we're doing this to create a little black book there's nothing little about it there is only big loud wonderful displays of women for them to see every day and why would we put something so important, so valuable away? Why would we tuck it away? Why would we put it in something? It should be out about and celebrated. Um, And I feel so strongly about that, that I think a lot of my clients feel the same way or have the same thoughts as you. 
And then when I kind of explain it, why would we do that when we could have it out and celebrated? Then I've got women, they won't put it in their living room. That's my favorite place. (laughs) Because I'm like, yes, girl, you are ready for this. But even just having it above their bed in their bedroom. So it isn't for everyone's eyes, but it is very much for their eyes when they wake up and when they go to bed. And, you know, wall art for boudoir is generally a different look than what you might have in an album because a lot of my clients do get albums in addition to the wall art. So some of those more racy photos, maybe you don't want your mother-in-law seeing photos can go in an album. But the wall art appropriate photographs are always done so tastefully that it just you just don't give it a second thought. Wow. Okay. So these photos or this art that you're creating for your clients, is this done in your home, in a studio, in their home? So right now, everything is done in my home. We have a designated bedroom that I shoot out of, which is nothing fancy. It's a 10 by 10 space with a futon. I do my sales in my living room. That will change after baby because he's going to be taking over that room. Um, And we'll go into a studio, which I'm ready for anyway. So it's a nice reason to push myself um, out into that world. But right now, everything's just done here. Wow. So when you say they're going to go into a studio, you're hiring a space? Uh, Yeah. So we'll look for um, either, we'll either rent a house or a space to be able to shoot and sell. Cause like I was saying, we do everything at once. So it's going to be a certain type of space we need. So got it. Got it. All right. I'm going to come back to the business side. Well, the numbers and the marketing and that kind of thing in just a minute, but I want to ask about the automation that Lisa mentioned that you had help with. So which CRM did you decide on? And was there a reason for that choice? Well, we ended up with Dubsado. We started elsewhere and weren't finding that our needs were being met. But Melissa is an advocate for Dubsado, and she's so wonderful that anything she says, I go with. (laughs) So, you know, she works with a lot of CRMs, pretty much any CRM you would bring her, she could work with. Her favorite is Dubsado, so it was a no-brainer for me to go that direction. So who were you with before? Pixify. Okay, and then... Did you know you needed to upgrade that and then you found Melissa or you found Dubsado, then you found Melissa? No. So Melissa actually set up Pixify for me, did everything completely. We worked with them for about three months and it just continued to not be able to handle my specific needs. So without wasting another month, we just decided to take it all, get up and go and go over to Dubsado. I mean, so much of the work was done already because we had the back end built out because we'd done all that work for Pixify, but then we just moved it over to Dubsado. Right. Okay. So when you hire someone like Melissa, is it just her or is it her? Does she have team members? It's just her. Okay. So when you hire her, I imagine you have to still be heavily involved because you have to write the emails. You have to write the marketing. Yeah. So much of it was already done though, because I was doing it on my own. So I had a lot of the templates that she needed because I know what I say to Every single person that inquires about a boudoir shoot, I know what I say when I follow up. I know what I say when we're confirming their appointment. So there was less work than I thought, a lot more organization though, to say, okay, I need you to pull all of that and put it in one place. And then there were some things I didn't have that I really realized I needed. So that was work on my end to create from scratch, but so much of it I already had. Right. Okay. So then do you converse with her via email and you just, you just keep uploading the new, I guess, copy that you want to be included in the workflow? Yeah. So she's really good about communication based on what works for me, I guess, for any client. I prefer doing Zooms and talking with her and really understanding what I need. And then she'll send me a list and say, here's everything I need. 
Otherwise, my ADD brain kind of goes like in a million directions. So it's a lot easier to just talk to her. But yeah, she'll give me the checklist. She'll give me the drive link of what they, where things need to go and then continue to follow up as things get sent to her what she still needs, which is great for me because I'll be like, oh, I did it all. And then she'll be like, yeah, but there's like, you know, number seven and 13. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even know this existed. I'm on it, you know, so... <laughs> Unreal. So what now, like, what did Dubsado do for you that, you know, you weren't doing on paper and pen or with paper and pen? So the biggest thing is my connection with clients. And there's a lot of it because they need to know, you know, from their initial email of just me saying, hey, I, you know, I got your inquiry to now that we have our date set, here is the address of where you're going to go. And here's another email to tell you about what to expect. And here's another email to tell you tips on hair and makeup. Here's another email to talk about outfits. I was sending all that stuff, first of all, on my own and all at once, and then wondering why people were missing these key facts and asking those questions like, yeah, but does my hair need to be dry when I get there? And I'm like, but I sent you that. It was also with seven other attachments like the day (laughs) that you signed up and I totally overwhelmed you and I wouldn't even be able to handle that. So that is done logically and strategically at different points that me and Melissa picked together that I thought would be best. Most of my clients book out about four to six weeks before their shoot. So now we have a certain email going at a certain time and also have texts going out with a reminder of appointments and reminder of my address. That was all stuff I was doing manually. So I still feel like my clients are having the connection to me but I'm out enjoying the weekend with my family and not sitting in front of my phone or my computer Sunday night, making sure my client is prepped for Monday morning's shoot. Okay, got it, got it. So what happens when a client replies to one of those emails? Are you still looking after those emails? Are you handling everything with Dubsado or does Melissa still look after that? Yeah, so it goes into Dubsado, but it also goes right to my email. So I always get to have the ability to see their response, which is great. I don't want to feel like I have to go into Dubsado to see if anyone has reached out to me because I still, of course, want that connection. Mm -hmm. But it makes it very simple that it will still be in Dubsado if I go in and say, hey, what do I need to do today? Oh, you got to reply to that person. But if I happen to check my email, I can see that someone has responded to that. Right. And then do you have to tweak then the replies or how the automation if someone does reply to an email? It's very rare that I get any replies for that stuff because it's so uh, fundamental and the same for everyone across the board. But like, for example, I had someone say, hey, I got your stuff about outfits. I know this is crazy, but is there any way you would come out shopping with me? And that's not that's a very unusual request. But then I can, of course, respond to her and say, yeah, I'm here. Like, let's do it. That sounds great. So I still have that connection and they're not feeling like they're just getting a robot automated response, you know. Right. What if your email about hair and makeup hasn't gone out yet and then you have a conversation about hair and makeup via email and then you know there's a sequence email coming up about hair and makeup? Oh, well, that's actually even better because then I say, oh, don't you worry. On Friday, you're going to get an email with every single tip and trick you could ever need. So it makes me sound very (laughs) professional and on top of my game, when in reality, Dubsado is professional and on top of their game. And I know that they're going to get the information that they need. Nice. Okay, great. So how long did it take? Like Once you signed Melissa on, how long did it take to get it all set up? I would say about four weeks for the 
majority of the work, maybe 75, 80% of the work was done within four weeks. I actually took a little time off from shooting to give my full attention to it. So that should just be noted only because I don't think I could have done it in four weeks if I didn't have that time. I was devoting, you know, probably two or three hours a day. And I, that still seems like it's probably more than it was. I just wanted to have more availability for her to be there to answer any questions. I think that if I were to look back at the hours I spent, realistically, probably 30 hours to get everything over to her that she needed. And then it was more maintenance at that point. Or, hey, you know, now that we have this going, I didn't realize we probably need to ask this other question or send out this other email. Can you get me that? And that was simple, you know, quick 20 minutes, put something together and send it her way. Right. So where would you be if you had have spent that 30 hours or so yourself setting up the Psyder? Like, why hire Melissa to do it? <laughs> Wouldn't be 30 hours. I can promise you that. It would probably more be like, 300 and that's not exaggerating again my artistic brain knows how to you know compose emails and you know make a marketing message but it's almost like creating your own website we all know we can do it but we can also pay someone to do it who really knows what they're doing and save our time and energy and for me I knew going into the CRM system if actually so to be fair back in 2020 when I had my first baby I signed up for Pixify and tried to do it myself. Mm-hmm. And it was so daunting and it was so overwhelming. And I don't think it was because it was Pixify. I think any CRM, it just is so much work. There's so many details that it just kept not happening. And then I kept getting my renewal of how it was like, hey, you're, you know, you're paying this much again this year. And I'm like, great. And I still haven't done anything. So I sort of just said, I need to give this to somebody who does this professionally, who can do it efficiently. Her time and energy can be spent so much better than mine would be trying to figure this all out. Just tell me what I need to do and I'll give it to you. But don't tell me that I need to do it all because that would be too much. Got it. Got it. Love it. So good. So tell me about now today. Let's say you're going to uh, be kicking work back off again and you're about to run a campaign. Do you funnel the campaign responses or the leads through Dubsado and then do you set that up? Um, No, it's all automated now. So the only thing I might need to change is like the web page link where people enter, but that would be it. So like my most popular campaign is Inked Babe campaigns that I start running at the beginning of the summer. So it might be something that I might be one of the first ones I do when I come back. So I would create the page on my website, use what I used last year, switch out images. Sorry, Mary Beth, what did you call the campaign? I missed that. Oh, Inked Babe campaign. Inked Babe. Oh, okay. So people with tattoos. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay, yeah. got it. Sorry. <laughs> no problem. Um, so taking that form that I had last year and then sending the form to go to Dubsado. And that's it. Dubsado then is going to pick up anybody that comes through and they're going to send the same emails that have gone out for the Inked Babe campaign I did this year. And the whole cycle will start again. Okay, because it's already set up, this is just part of your CRM now. They just go into that funnel. Right. And it doesn't even have to be the Inked Babe campaign. It can be any campaign because whether it's Inked Babe or, you know, we do something for couples, we also do real women campaign. 
they all are going to get the same response, need the same information, you know? So even if I start a brand new campaign from scratch, I have all the pieces already. Got it. Okay. So you would then go into Dubsado and just update the copy, like duplicate that sequence and just update the copy yep. to reflect the campaign. Yeah. I imagine that would take 30 minutes. Yes. And then my campaign can run for as long as it needs to. Okay, great. So let's talk about this Inked Babe campaign or one of these Inked Babe campaigns. When you say that, what first comes to mind? Is it a Facebook ad? Is it just a post? Is it a reel? Is it an Instagram post? Yeah, it's a Facebook ad, a paid ad. Okay, so you run an ad and what is it like? I'm looking for Inked Babes. Yeah. So the first line of the ad is usually, do you have a tattoo? And then I've captured anyone who has the smallest tattoo on their wrist to being covered. And it says, we are looking for 10 inked babes to be part of our inked babe campaign for 2023. And then there's so much more information they can get on the website, but I find keeping it quick and simple in that Facebook ad Basically, all they have to do once they kind of have their interest peaked is click on the link and they'll fill out their information and then tell us why they'd like to be a part of it. And then I get to what I do, which I actually really love and wouldn't want Dubsado to take over is go through all those entries and determine who I feel like is qualified to reach out then to have a possible shoot or be part of the campaign. So that in itself gives me that control because it's not just responding to everyone who inquires because not everyone would be a great fit, but it's as simple as just clicking a button if they're not a good fit or clicking a different button if they are a good fit. And then Dubsado will take them down the road they need to go from there. God, I like that. I love it. Okay. So when you run that ad, you said you, you, know, you might show a photo of someone with a tiny tattoo on their wrists as you know, compared to someone that's totally covered from head to toe. Do you then use those variety of images in a video format in your ad or is it just a whole lot of series of photos or is this all different ads? I usually do about three or four ads and then after a week or two, see which is performing the best and then just keep that one going. And it's only photos. I haven't gotten into the reels or anything like that. Facebook does allow the campaign to run on Instagram simultaneously without having to do anything, which is great. So it's just photos on the ad and then photos on the website, and then you can get in and explore even further. But marketing-wise, it's just still photography. Okay. So you're optimizing for traffic, for link clicks. You send people to a landing Mm -hmm. page. Is that landing page on your website or in Dubsado? It is on my website. Right. Okay. So they answer some questions, uh, give you some details, some background. They're the entries that you read and you decipher which is going to be a better fit or not. Right. Okay. And then- is there a certain question that you're looking to see the answer for that says, mm, yeah, you're a great fit or no, you're not a good fit? 100%. The only thing I look for is their answer to tell us in 25 words or less why you'd like to be part of this campaign, which comes from Steve Saparito's teaching. It gets to the point. It doesn't let them go on and on and on. And it makes it very clear. If somebody wants to enter because... You know, you'll see in my marketing, I never use the word free. I never use the word model, model call, anything like that. So if I see someone who's kind of made their own assumptions and said, well, I've always wanted to do a free boudoir session. Right. Okay. You're a no. Um, (laughs) You're going to be so disappointed when I tell you this isn't free and I don't want to waste your time. But then you also get in those 25 words or less. I've been looking for a way to feel empowered. I've never taken this leap, but here I am filling out this form. 
and you think to yourself, wow, what a great person, what a great entry. I really want to reach out and hear more about their story. Okay. So in the ad copy, have you said something like, uh, you know, these sessions are complimentary? Nope. So it has a price on it. It will say session fee $3.99 instead of $7.90 or instead of $6.90. So they're aware that there's a discount on the session fee, but it's up to me when I'm on the phone call with them after they've been qualified to explain that that's the session fee. That doesn't include the prints. It doesn't include digitals. Right. Okay. And then do you have any issue with Facebook pulling your ads or flagging your ads because they're boudoir photos? Yeah, that's a great question. I think I've gotten it down to a science of what works and what doesn't at this point because I've had so many be pulled, <laughs> but I don't really have that happen much anymore. It's almost like going back to that idea of what is wall art appropriate can also be Facebook ad appropriate. Right. So if I'm showing something with a lot of skin and you know, not a lot of material for their outfit, then that is something that will get flagged. But there's often a lot of times, you know, boudoir can be in leather pants and a tank top and you look amazing and empowered. And that can be boudoir in my eyes. So I'm very particular about which I even put out there because, of course, the less attention from Facebook ads team, the better. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. I agree. Okay. So if you're on the fence about an image, you won't put it up in the ad. You're not going to say, let's see if I can sneak this one through. No, because there's only so many times that they'll allow those things to happen before they just say, okay, we've had enough. We've warned you and that's, we're going to shut this down and I don't want to fight them. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's for sure. Okay. So it's interesting that your favorite question is that, you know, in 25 words or less, tell me why you want to have this experience. You're not looking for answers to things like, are you looking to buy wall art after this session or how much, you know, what is your budget? You're not asking those questions or you're just ignoring them. Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. MB, I'll add links to where everyone can find you and see more of your work because it truly is fantastic. I've had the best time talking to you. I love the business that you've created. I want to finish with one last question. It looks like you've gone, you know, I won't say out of your way, but you've worked hard to be inclusive with your language on your website. Was that strategic or did you feel like you're just moving with the times or, you know, why do that? It was very strategic. I felt like a lot of times we identify our clients with ourselves. And for me, a lot of my life, I felt like an outsider. And I realized that there's a whole slew of people that deserve to be seen that aren't being honored in so many of these photography genres, even weddings. You're still seeing a 25-year-old in a size zero gown in, you know, in these pictures that people are trying to Pinterest and imagining themselves, especially when it comes to boudoir. Again, you're seeing one body type and in one way. And I thought, well, what about the rest of us? You know, we also deserve to be seen. And that's when I started saying, well, where are those people? They're everywhere. There are more places than that size 125 year old, I can tell you that. And they're ready to be seen. And they're so excited that somebody gives a shit enough about them, (laughs) you know, that they're asking for them specifically. And I get that feedback a lot. You know, I entered your campaign because I've never seen anybody look for tattoos. And often I didn't even want to do boudoir because I thought I'd be frowned upon because I had tattoos. Absolutely not. My Facebook VIP group is the epitome. We call it the misfits of boudoir. Um, It's over a thousand people who just get to be themselves and tell us about, you know, 
being in a, a relationship with a man and a woman or, you know, having a difficulty with interpersonal relationships because of ADD or what it might be. It's a safe space for them. And so is my studio. And to give them a chance to be seen, heard and love is my goal at the end of the day. That's so good. Look, you are lucky that uh, Liam is coming home because I would hold you here for another hour. <laughs> I keep hitting you with questions. I wanted to ask you about ADD and uh, so many things you've said. But and look, you've been amazing. Thank you so much for your time. I can't wait to share this with listeners and uh, massive congrats on your success and good luck with the upcoming birth. Thank you so much. I appreciate you for your time and your enthusiasm to want to learn about this stuff. It makes me feel seen. So I love that. Thank you. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that interview with Mary Beth as much as I did. MB, if you are listening again, thank you so much for coming on, for being so open, for sharing everything you did about your incredibly successful business. Uh, Massive congrats on that and good luck with your upcoming birth. For you, the listener, I do hope there were a ton of takeaways. And I've got to say, if there weren't, you just weren't listening because if there ever was a jam-packed interview, it was that one with MB. I'd love to hear your feedback on what she had to share. Was there one specific takeaway that you're going to be implementing into your business? Do you think there was one secret to her success? Was it the fact that she's running the promos that she is? Is it the rapport building that she puts in place? Is it the expectations she sets with her upcoming clients that they're going to want to be buying wall art and spending quite a bit on that wall art? Do you think it is her sales process? What do you think was the secret to her success What can you take away? What can you implement into your own business? I'd love to hear your feedback. Let me know in the comments area of the show notes. This week, they're at photobizx.com forward slash 534. Now, the comments section is at the very bottom of the page. And above that, you'll find links to anything and everything that MB mentioned. You'll also find examples of her beautiful work. It's all there in that one spot. And of course, I'll be adding MB into the members Facebook group so you'll have easy access to her there if you do have a follow-up question. Although I do anticipate that she'll be very busy with a newborn baby soon. So hopefully, if you've got a question for her, you can hit her up before that newborn baby arrives. Alrighty, that is just about going to wrap up this episode of the podcast. I did send out an email last week asking about the 10 quick questions segment. If you enjoyed that, if you want to see the return of that segment, and I got some great positive responses to that email. It does sound like it was a bit of a winner. Uh, It doesn't need to be every week. That was the message I was getting, but use it occasionally, throw it in there because it spices up the episodes, the interviews. So I will do that. I will plan to do that. If you have a question that you would like me to throw into that 10 quick questions segment, then shoot me an email, let me know, or let me know inside the members Facebook group. I'll be happy to hear your suggestions. And my email address is andrew at photobizx.com. Now, in other quick news before we close out today's episode, I did mention the possibility of an upcoming course or two. I can say that I have confirmed Audra Harris who you may have heard interviewed a few weeks ago. She runs the business Focus on Your Photos and there are some very successful photographers that have used her services in the past. She does the lead qualification for a ton of photographers, a ton of successful photographers, and she shared how she does that in that episode that we recorded a few weeks ago. Well, I've asked Audra to deliver a course because she only offers her services in the US at this stage. I've asked her to come on and teach us exactly how to successfully qualify your leads. 
So you can run a promo, whether it's third-party marketing, Facebook ads, a competition, or whatever it is that you're doing to bring in leads. She's going to be teaching exactly how to successfully qualify those leads, utilizing the processes and the tactics that she does that generates so much success for her photography clients. So I'll have more details about that in the coming weeks, but if that is a stumbling block for you, or maybe you have an employee or thinking about bringing an employee on to do your lead qualification for you, this course will be perfect. And like all the other PhotoBizX courses, it will be affordable. In fact, it'll be half price if you register and are there for the live events and you'll have permanent access to that course once you sign up for it. Again, I'll have more details in the coming weeks, but I did want to let you know that that is confirmed and I'm excited to have Audra come back and present that course, that training for us. Alrighty, that is it for this episode. I hope wherever you are in the world, things are going great. Stay safe, healthy, and well, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment, and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 